0: Destiny is the promise I give to you. Hope, the part you play, is trusting me to keep this promise. drive back the night an andromeda series podcast i'm ethan maestri and i'm ryan Mazako. each edition of drive back the night we take an episode of gene roddenberry's andromeda and we take a look at it for the things that we like that we dislike we discuss the lessons and morals that we learned from this year's show this week ryan we are fulfilling a 300 year old prophecy by coming together to record this podcast can you believe yeah, that? it was in the ter- tetroglyphs and I didn't even understand it, but here we are. Yeah, and we're the ones that wrote those tetroglyphs because it's been a long time Whoa. since we did the last podcast. Yeah, that's how we were writing at the time. That's right, that's right. And 300 years is a long time. I forget what I do, you know, last week. So, you know, I, I forgot about the, those tetraglyphs from 300 years ago, too. Anyway, we are discussing Conduit to destiny and so to get us into this discussion of conduit to destiny what do you say we kick off with a little bit of trivia what do you say
1: i say that sounds like a great idea
0: all right let's do it uh so let's discuss our uh writers and director for this episode we have a couple of one-offs that come with this episode of andromeda it was written by lawrence myers and this is his sole credit for an episode of Andromeda. However, he's gone on to have quite a career in mostly uh, Canadian television, um, but he has a few writing credits in shows that you would uh, recognize, like The Outer Limits, X-Files, things like that. Um, He will have a further credit as um, an excerpt credit in the Season 5 episode, The Torment, The Release, but this is the only full episode that he has written for Andromeda. We also have this episode directed by Pat Williams. He's made his rounds also in various television series in the past two decades. This, too, is his only directing credit in the Andromeda series. Now, our cast. We have Sebastian Spence. He plays Patrius. He's been active in television and in animated series as a voice actor since the mid-'90s. He's appeared in such uh, shows as The X-Files. Dark Angel, Stargate SG-1, and he had a recurring role as Lieutenant Noel Allison in the rebooted Battlestar Galactica series. Laura Minnell is another actress that we have in this episode. She plays Ciara. This is a fairly early role in her television career. Previous to this episode of Andromeda, she had appeared on Millennium and Stargate SG-1. After Andromeda, she would go on to appear on sci-fi staples like Stargate Atlantis, The 4400, Eureka, Fringe, and Smallville. She would land a key role on the short-lived Alphas series as the character Nina Thoreau, and most recently, she has played Evelyn Rime or Enigma on the Batwoman television series and as Rebecca in the Van Helsing series as well. And then the last one I wanted to mention, by way of our actors, uh, is D. Harlan Cutshaw. He plays Patrius' guard that updates him at various points throughout the episode. He had quite a long list of genre appearances, going back to the early 90s with the X-Files, later in Stargate SG-1. He even appeared in the rebooted V-series, among many others, He also had appearances in films such as Tomorrowland and The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. But sadly, I just wanted to mention this, we lost Harlan far too soon in 2016 at the age of 46. So that's just a few of our actors and actresses that appear in this episode, Conduit to Destiny. Now, Ryan, why don't you give us a summary of Conduit to Destiny? You got it. So we open with our crew headed to somewhere.
1: It doesn't matter because we're not going to talk about it and we don't go there. Instead, Becca very uncharacteristically makes a wrong slip decision and spills them out into the Baltria system. This means nothing to the rest of the crew, but sends Dylan into flashback mode as he pilfers through 300-year-old mementos. But all is not lost. There is work to do. Turns out there is a prison riot on the planet, and they are requesting Andromeda's help. The Andromeda crew make quick work of quelching the riot with the timely assistance of Telemachus Rade. Hey, remember him? In all the fun, three prisoners go missing, two inconsequential violent offenders, and one MacGuffin in the form of an innocent-looking young woman with no record of who she is or why she was there. Patrius, the planet's leader, explains that the world's inhabitants are the dependence this is not a tax thing is it Patrius, the planet's leader explains that the world's inhabitants are the descendants of a peaceful race known as the chikadu Chakeda, known as the Chicada. but many years ago a group splintered off and have become disruptive causing planetary chaos and mayhem it is then speculated that the woman may be a spy a mole or even a political prisoner but in any event she needs to be found To move the plot along, Patriot shows Dylan the Gol Rashan, a glowing Sputnik-like object, which is the source of power for the entire planet. He explains that the rebels are trying to destroy it, but it is protected by a 300-year-old security system, including a force field that no one has been able to break. Becca and Rade catch the two dangerous fugitives, but find only an empty ankle bracelet of the girl. Trance and Dylan find her and have her backed into a corner when suddenly two hooded figures emerge from the wall and drag her back to from wherever they came. They're holographic walls, so of course we go inside. They discover tetraglyphs written on the walls, which tell a prophecy about a young girl, the Symbiont, who will be united with the Golrashan by a man referred to as the Conduit. This union will give her the power to free baltria from its civil war later dylan and rade are attacked by a group of hoodies but they stop attacking when they notice that his high guard rank pin matches the symbol engraved on the business end of their spears turns out these are the good guys the original chakuda they submit dylan to a series of tests which of course he passes and they declare him the prophetic conduit Dylan requests to see the girl who they then take back to the Andromeda and really get inside her head. No, really. And there are parts missing up there, but they learn her identity. She is Ciara, a 314 year old symbiont being kept alive by the power of the Gulrishan. Her memories come back and she relates the story of a soldier who after her parents were murdered, placed her in the care of strangers and promised to return. He never did. And she was captured and imprisoned ever since. Dylan convinces her to return to join with the Golrashan to end the war. Back at the Golrashan room, Dylan uses his force lance to shoot a perfect sequence of very specific targets, almost like he knew what he was doing, and the force field drops. Elsewhere, Patrius reveals to Becca and Rade that he wants Ciara to merge with the Golrashan so he can use her power to take over the Commonwealth. Ciara joins with the Golrishan and her first power trip is not pleasant. She intends to get revenge on all the Chakuta and emits a sharp burst of energy and throws everyone to the ground. Patrius holds her at gunpoint and demands that she stand down and follow his commands or he will kill everyone. Fortunately for everyone in the known universe, Dylan had the foresight to hide an extra force lance in an airlocked compartment on the backside of the Golrishan room pedestal and shoots Patriots. And now the big reveal Dylan was the soldier from 300 years ago, and he built the security system that only he would know how to disarm. Dylan wishes Ciara all the best and promises to come see her again in another 300 years. The end.
0: All right. So, excellent summary there, Ryan. I just, I have to ask the question. Shikuda, Shakata. Hmm. I mean, it's six one way, half dozen the other. One sounds like a fish. The other one sounds like a drink. Okay. <laughs> I think... What it what this actually was is before the the planet was covered over when it was forest. I think their motto or their their uh, mascot was cicada, and then it's just been changed over the hundreds of years, you know, since the cicadas disappeared. Right, that's See, my that theory. that would
1: explain all of the uh, the bug. Dr. Yeah, Riffs. exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I think
0: we're on to something there. Mhm.
1: But you know they can only come out every uh, seventeen years. So I have a question about this prison riot. Yes. I mean, why all the violence? Can they not just gas the place? (laughs) Yeah. Is that technology not within reach? I mean, I'm not saying like a fatal gas, but just something just to knock them all out. Can you not do that?
0: No, Yeah. it seems like a fairly reasonable thing, especially when your cells are only comprised of basically uh, exposed mattress springs. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's a, those are some pretty flimsy cells. seems like you would have like a central air, uh, you know, toxin or something that you could, you know, introduce into that environment to placate, uh, you know, a rioting populace. Yeah, it's totally reasonable. I think it's amazing, too, just that since like the
1: 1920s, humans have already stumbled on to the the best prison cell structure that there is just
0: just bars yeah. yeah yeah yep you're absolutely right uh i i i definitely uh perked up when i heard uh, the interchange there between rade and becca during that particular prison riot um becca says style's not my so- style mm-hmm. really really i i don't think so if if anything, Becca has been all about style, from hair to clothing to whatnot. We've we've talked about that on this show before, but I feel like her no nonsense, snarky, independent attitude is Becca's style. So yes, Becca has a certain style about her. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think she can claim style's not my style, right?
1: Well, I mean, just I in out. saying that, right? That's that's her style. That, exactly. Just to say something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's just like if you choose not to decide, you've still made a choice. That's right.
0: Absolutely true. Yeah. Rush.
1: Hey, um, I want to see if uh, in the scene where where the two the two hooded bandits came from nowhere and and took the girl, right? And then Dylan and Rade they report back she just vanished i was like did did they not see the two guys come out <laughs> that we all saw yeah i just thought that was weird that why why do they why do they choose to say that why don't they just to say um i don't know maybe it's because they didn't think that they would believe them <laughs> if they told them the truth <laughs> yeah it's more likely that she just vanished
0: right yeah yeah just leave it ambiguous Mm -hmm. and not disappeared through walls.
1: Well, I mean, just in our Andromeda universe, our crew, they have never seen something like someone just coming out of walls, right? It's not typical, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, no, actually, it did happen a few times, didn't it? Now that I think back on it,
0: yes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we've done this before.
1: So it is a thing that they would know about. It kind of is. Okay, well, then I got no excuses for them now.
0: (laughs) Hey, I want to take a step back right quick. Does Dylan just have a box full of keepsake ornaments for fulfilling prophecies in all of these places he's been to in his past life? Um, yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because, because Becca comes into the room, oh, by the way, you know, I misjumped here. And, and he razzes her about that. She leaves the room and immediately he goes and digs out the pin that he knows he's going to have to wear you know to be identified by the the cicada group um you know and and also grabs the 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 what is that the flower in the clear crystal whatever that was Mm -hmm. that he is going to have to hand to Ciara. so he knows what's happening here but did you notice how many other little trinkets were in that box as well i mean is does he does he pick up little You know, little uh, keepsakes and and little mementos and put them in this box. And he's like, I'm going to keep that. I might need that 300 years from now.
1: Well, yeah, but I I didn't think of it that way. You may be right. I just thought that was his Baltria box.
0: (laughs) He's got one for every planet. Yeah. Yeah. So it's this is Dylan's version of scrapbooking. Is that what we're getting at? Okay. Okay. (laughs) That makes perfect sense then.
1: I mean, if he were to go, if he were to keep all of the things that he collected from all the planets that he went, there's no way he's keeping it in that little tobacco tin.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right. There's just not enough room.
1: I mean, hey, I'm glad that everything worked out for Dylan, but can I just say he chose unwisely? <laughs> yeah. The test choosing from the four bulls one of them being poisoned (laughs) um yeah which i I do actually have more about that i i I was hoping to maybe save this for later but it's here so the four bulls poisoned right or or, or, i'm sorry so the four bulls right and she says that one of them is poisoned and he has
0: to choose right but there was no right answer right
1: yeah, but he just reaches down and grabs one and she stops him immediately. Whoa, 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 you're past, you're good, because they were all poisoned. Um, and she expounds on that. She says that this was a this was not a test of decision making power, this was a test of his of fear. Okay. Couldn't she do the exact same thing with none of them being poisoned? Well right? I, yeah. either
0: way we're being misleading. So Frankly, I think that would have been a great spot for Dylan to say, Well, I'm Sicilian. <laughs> <laughs> little, little Princess Bride reference there for you <laughs>
1: I like it I like that one a lot Okay Excellent
0: Um, Frankly I really wish Rade At the moment where they had discovered the faux walls And they're making their way through the underbelly of the city there I really wanted Instead of the way Rade <laughs> No one dis-
1: knows what happens outside these faux walls <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nice Yeah like that nice play on words there um uh, instead of you know the way he introduces the sewer in the manner that he does i really wish he had said what an incredible smell you've discovered i think that would have had a lot more impact with this right and the writers have shown in the past that they weren't afraid of flirting with other sci-fi references so i i think this would have been a great one but alas it didn't happen
1: Hey, um, is it just me or speaking of the holographic faux walls, are are there not just holographic walls everywhere? And how are people not just accidentally running into them?
0: Yeah, it's almost as if, you know, because as they were designing this, this world city now that this has grown into, it's like the builders were like, you know what? You know, we don't have enough of not trees, (laughs) you know, we don't have enough walls. Is there a way we can make more walls without making more walls, you know? And so, yeah, it's like this is everywhere now. Uh, yeah, it does seem like a bit of an odd way to design your, your structures. You yeah. know, why not make those faux walls real walls? Yeah. And and put in trapdoors or something like that, you know? Seems like mm. that would have been a lot less energy intensive. Well,
1: yeah, but they've got the goal, Rashawn, so... It's that's just, true. That's just limitless power. So if you've got unlimited I, I, power, why not? I guess, right? Yeah. I don't know. We can talk about that later. But.
0: Okay. Oh, yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> uh so I I, I tam I time stamped this one at uh at 2505. Uh when did Harper get a Wi-Fi adapter? A- as he jacks in to uh his port, mm-hmm. it, it's it, every time we have seen harper plug in it's been physically connected to something right
1: yeah it always has that quarter inch cable you gotta yeah exactly jam it into his neck <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: he's ready yeah. to rock out right yeah crank it to 11 but no this time it was it was not connected to anything and it had a little uh, i think it had a little blinky light on it and he just jacks it in and immediately they go into uh Ciara's mind and so i was thinking is this the first time we've seen harper you know on wi-fi i think it is it, it it might be. Anyway, yeah. I just thought that was interesting. They, yeah. you know, w- at two th- in 2003, they finally, uh they got him a Wi-Fi card. I don't know if yeah. you remember Wi-Fi cards, but yeah. <laughs> I do remember Wi-Fi cards. I've got a few of them lying around here somewhere <laughs> if I look. Well, apparently so does Harper now. It's good for him. Nice. He's, he's stepping up in the world. Got got he a little bit better invented tech. invented it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a couple of more timestamps I've got here. We'll just... Run over these right quick. At 3428, a subtle move by Becca sneaking up on uh, Patrius while Patrius is distracted on the com link that he's holding in front of him, looking directly at Becca. <laughs> she sneaks up and then whirls around and kicks the com link out of his hand as if he wouldn't have seen that coming. I just, I thought that was an interestingly choreographed scene. And, um, uh, not the best
1: yeah well i mean it's also it's 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 pretty it's pretty foresighted really Uh, i mean we're talking about prophecy here i mean who has not seen this one come true right i mean we've all done it we're looking down at our devices and we can't see what's going on right in front of us
0: that's true except that it seemed as if he was I don't know, just just the way it was choreographed. I mean, if he had been turned away and was maybe holding it out in front of him, where she could have snuck up and knocked it out, but no, it seemed like he was, you know, shoulders were square, facing both her and Rade. I maybe he's just not that observant, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, he didn't have any of his. his he didn't have any of his assistants around. At the time
0: okay that's true
1: they're usually his eyes and ears for him I, I yeah we'll have to accept that I guess I'm just I'm just making up excuses for him right yeah I felt sorry for the guy
0: yeah okay well Ryan that brings us to the end of our observations then we'll move on and uh, we've alluded to a couple of things uh we'll get to those uh now's the time where we learn about the universe of Andromeda and what this episode Brings into that universe for us to consider and discuss and perhaps learn a little bit about. Um, What's something with you that you want to bring up here?
1: Okay, so you, yeah, as you mentioned, we alluded to some of these things already. Um, I really want to talk about this neural net interface that's going on here. Um, I don't remember ever seeing anything quite like this before.
0: Where we enter into Ciara's mind. Yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, we go into uh, another uh, an indiv- an individual an organic yep. person. We've done this a lot with AIs. Let me bring Harper, this up Jackson. first. The,
0: yeah, we've already established this is new with Harper's Wi Fi. Mm-hmm. Is this uh, is this an ability that this Wi Fi signal is giving him, or is this just is this just something totally different? Because we've gone into what Rami's mind. mm Hmm synthetics we've we've done the synthetic this is a mm yeah
1: and other anytime there's an ai on the show we're probably going to go into their mind
0: yeah you're right yeah we haven't really just gone into an organics mind Mm -hmm. that way but it's still everything looks like a like like a printed circuit board yeah yeah exactly well it, it is a printed circuit board i mean harper's walking up to stuff and pulling and it's like unused circuits is what he's pulling up so is there a synthetic comp is this why because i want to bring this up here when we talk about Ciara, uh and this this is the great time to do it is she part synthetic because she has lived 300 years and there's no real explanation as to why she's lived 307 years
1: well just other than that the power of the Gol Rashan has kept her alive
0: even though, all right. So there's a there's a a latent connection to the Gulrishan, but it's not a full connection that restores her uh, her ability to remember. Is that what you're you're alluding to? Hmm. I not to get too far off
1: topic here, but I kind of saw that as more of a memory repression thing,
0: sort of um, a, a defense mechanism. Okay, I, I I can see where you would go with that, but the way Harper frames it in when we're in her mind, mm-hmm. Harper frames it as if all of these connections and everything is here. It's just waiting for an imprint. It's, yeah, it's it's as as if the programming just hasn't been downloaded to the to the hardware.
1: Right. And that's as far as the merger between Ciara and the Gol Rashan, where that's where you have to take all of those ones and zeros that the Gol Rashan is going to plug into those parts that are missing. But her memories are not missing, they're just repressed because once they go inside there, they learn about her. And then Dylan talks to her, then she remembers. So,
0: yeah which is really bringing up the question in my mind why was the Gulrishan and Ciara separated to begin with I mean yeah. w- what's what is the origin story here this is mm-hmm. this is a uh, this is kind of a beef I have with this episode is we don't really we have kind of an origin story we have we have pieces of the puzzle but it's not a complete puzzle <laughs> yeah
1: and no, it would have been far helpful from to, it yeah and it would I mean, have been helpful to know where like yeah. Like Dylan is involved in it somehow. Yeah. But is he involved in setting up her uh, being this symbiote? Or is it just that he found out in his previous travel that this connection was supposed to happen? So that's why he saved her and tried to keep her safe because he knew that this was going to have to happen.
0: It was just that he thought it was going to have happen a long, long time ago. Yeah, exactly. So, So we understand what he knows what he needs to do now that we get to see in this episode. But, yeah, what's his motivation? Why? Why was it? Mm-hmm. I mean, the why is to save the planet from Civil War, right? Yeah. But what set all of this in motion? And that's not... Uh, yeah, that's just not an answer that we get. Uh, at least, not satisfactory. Yeah.
1: Well, what set it in motion was the that that broke off. But... I mean that's just what set the civil war in motion it doesn't explain where she came from right yeah. it doesn't explain why it is that she has this this neural net that is ready to accept this this union with the Rashan.
0: yeah a- and then to go a little bit further with the Rashan. so this is a an entity a power source. What is this thing, really? You know, a battery?
1: I don't know. And we don't know. And when I, the very first time I saw it, as soon as they showed it, because it was kind of, it was from sort of the back angle, right? Mm-hmm. Like from the back of the room, we're seeing it and we're seeing Dylan's reaction to it. At first, I thought this was like another sun or star avatar okay yeah that they had because we just saw this revealed in trance right yeah and so oh what is this trance's sister but then when you actually see it no it doesn't look anything at all like no what trance revealed herself to be no it looks Um, like a cheap prop off the superman set from the ice cave yeah i mean it was mostly (laughs) spherical with a few pointy parts but but what what is it and why does it have so much power and how is it able to have power to be the source of power for the entire planet
0: yeah and then yeah yeah and that's a great point it's the power source for the whole planet and it's obviously a power source to be reckoned with within the commonwealth because patrius wants to co-opt this thing in order to take over the new system's commonwealth so you keep saying "Patrius." I've been saying "Patrius." Is it "Patrius"? Patrius. Am I saying it Patrius. wrong? Patrius. You know, it's our whole tomato, tomato thing.
1: Is it though? Because I'm they say it a lot of times in the episode,
0: and I'm just coming up blank how they actually said it. Well, it's P A T R I U S, right? Is that that's how that's the spelling I got? That's how I've spelled it. Yeah, Patrius. I've, I've always spelled it that way. Pat, Patrius, Patrius. All right. If you want me to settle on on your, I will do so. What do you want me to say?
1: I mean, I want you to say it the right way. Do I need to watch this episode again? Because <laughs> I want to say it the right way too. I, I think you're arguing. right. They,
0: they did. They did say Patriots, So let, let's we'll go with Patriots.
1: Are you Are you just conceding, or are you Are you
0: sure? Yeah, I'm trying to move things along here. I'm trying to make a point. I mean, this is a major threat to the new system's Commonwealth, and we're arguing over what the king is called.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, don't.
0: <laughs> He's the king. He's a big deal. Yeah, okay, until he isn't. You know, his but, time is yeah. done. Yeah, man, <laughs> Dylan killed a king again. Yeah, again. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: at least he okay. wasn't dressed like a Ren Fair participant. You know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. go ahead, make your point. Uh, which, which, which he didn't point. kill that king uh, at the Ren Fair either. I just want—I I remember that um, he died. You know, because of an alien attack. Anyway, so yeah, these, these, this. uh the Gulrachan, powerful enough to take over the, the the new system's commonwealth. Not by itself. Not though. by itself, but with, with Patrius's, Patrius's, uh direction or involvement. <laughs> <laughs> so is the commonwealth just okay with uh, leaving it in the hands of a, I don't know, by my observation, kind of not fully stable uh, 21, 22-year-old girl? I mean... Are we okay with this?
1: Well, she's 314 years old.
0: Okay. What are you saying? She's now, no spring chicken. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we just trust that Dylan said, I'll check back on you later. Don't make a move on the Commonwealth. Everything's fine there. I've got it handled. Is that is that where we're leaving this? Oh, and and oh, is and yeah. is the Commonwealth itself going separate from Dylan going to be okay with this threat potentially just sitting out there on this this city planet?
1: Oh yeah, they gotta be
0: okay. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess we got nothing else. Uh, speaking of city planet, I also wanted to talk touch on. I really liked. I always loved in my Star Wars the idea of Coruscant. You know, once being a vibrant living planet with forests and oceans and whatnot and then it just being overrun by you know rampant industrialization and building up you know layers and layers of cities and i i know i'm kind of filling in a lot of baltria in my mind as being coruscant but you know we even got a little bit of a depiction on it on screen you know in in some of the background and everything Mm -hmm. and i just i always love the that concept of of a, a a city planet like that i i think it's a great sci-fi trope
1: and you know say what you will about these chikada rebels but they got a lot of work done in 300 years
0: Yeah, they did yeah that one he, thing you can say about the chikada they are industrious
1: oh yeah i mean they built a lot of walls even if most of them were holographic that's true
0: yeah you're right. um
1: okay but but still on this point of with with patris Pat, patrius patrius about with the goal with the goal of sean and wanting to take over what i want to know is and i i never got an answer to this why does he think that he would be able to control her this was his plan yeah he wanted to get he wanted to CR. get Ciara, thank you. Yeah. He wanted to get Ciara to merge with the Gorashan because that was his whole plan. He yeah. wanted that to happen because he could use that power to take over not just Baltria, but possibly even the entire Commonwealth.
0: Not possibly. That was his aim.
1: Yeah, why right why does he think he would be able to do that
0: is it written in the tetraglyphs i mean is he just bought into the prophecy hook line and sinker like everyone else and he just believes that this power is limitless
1: maybe but if he's reading the prophecy then he would know that that's not what's going to happen right i mean at, at no point were we, we ever to be the yeah yeah she's going to be the savior of the people right not not a weapon That he can wield.
0: Yeah, and at no point are we really shown any kind of fleet-crushing or army-crushing power. Yeah, she's going to have some sort of ability that's going to be able to bring an end to this war. But we're not really clued. That's the problem, is we're not really clued into the nature of this power and what it's actually going to accomplish. We can speculate on it because we know that she is destined to end... This civil war. So obviously, it's going to be something that is going to be capable of causing armies to lay down their weapons. But that could be just simply economic. Maybe she says, all right, everybody has the power they need at no charge. You don't have to fight each other for it. Everyone is equal and let's, you know, create a a better society. And maybe that works. That's, I don't see how you take that and then apply it to galaxies. you know, Mm -hmm. under the sway of the new systems Commonwealth.
1: Well, we saw her. All she'd had to do was blink her eyes and everyone in the room was on the ground. True. He points a gun at her. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, I'm watching this and I'm thinking how, how is this working? Right. Right. If I'm watching cinema sins, I'm like, that's a point. This works. Right. Yeah. That's the, she no i i don't buy that i think she's going through a thing right now right she's just gone she's just attained this unimaginable amount of power and yeah she wants to lash out because of all of the injustice that she has personally faced and felt over the last 300 years I just, I just don't see why the end of a gun is stopping her from everything when, I mean, she, she clearly has it in her power to just probably just snap of her fingers. Yeah. And, and this guy, it doesn't matter if his name is Patrius or Patriots because he's the, he doesn't, he doesn't exist anymore.
0: Essentially. He's a Patsy at the end of this yeah. episode. So there you he's go. A Patrius. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all I got to say is thank goodness Dylan thought ahead and, put that force lance in the pedestal that held right. up the rushon. Uh, let's talk about Dylan because okay. everything that I saw in this episode leads me to believe that we have to talk about Dylan because from start to finish Dylan hunt, he is the alpha and the Omega in this episode. He knows the beginning. He knows the end. He knows everything that's going to come in between. um, Did we really learn anything about Dylan in this though? Or did we just, he just showed up with the answers when we needed it. Uh,
1: To me, it was more of the same, but to a new extreme.
0: Yes. Yes. That is the thing that I learned in coming away from this episode is Dylan is now we've alluded to it, but now we have confirmation. Dylan operates at a whole different level. Than what he lets on for his crew, or to the people that he encounters, he he he's a bigger game master than we gave him credit for.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it's never explained plainly about how they arrived here. Was it just all coincidence? I mean, he says later he doesn't believe in coincidences, right? Um, but is it all coincidence, or does it happen for? a reason and when i say for a reason i mean did somebody or something cause it to happen is the goal that powerful did the Gol Rishan cause this to happen did trance cause this to happen did dylan himself cause this to happen he seemed pretty surprised by the whole thing and taken aback when he realized where they were yeah but it's also you get the impression that he felt like he knew why they were there yeah So, if all right, I'm not going to say that, I'm not going to put that blame on Dylan because he did explain, he was like, It was 300 years, I never thought you would still be around, right?
0: So, that's still, except at the end, Trance asks him, You knew what was going to happen, and he was like, Yeah. He understood he was the conduit to destiny. So he knew something was going to be there that would be granted this power of the Gaul Rashan.
1: Once they dropped
0: there. Huh? Once they dropped there. Yeah.
1: Then it hit him and he realized. Yeah. But I don't think that he has been for the last
0: no, no, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Because when he goes to his trinket box, he gets out the emblem that is gonna help him with the cicadas. I know I'm mispronouncing that, but whatever. Um, so he's gonna wear that lapel that's gonna that identify sense. him. They've been underground that's, for a long time. <laughs> there you so go. it is time for them to emerge. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So there. <laughs> um but he also grabs the crystal with the flower that only she is familiar with. He grabs that and takes that with him too. So it's he knows she's down there. Yeah, he knows now because he's so in tune with everything
1: that he knows that as soon as they drop there unintentionally and they're called for down on the planet, he knows, okay something's up and he knows it could only be.
0: okay. so so I I follow what you're saying, then It, it isn't the fact that they just showed up by accident. He's like, oh, it is the fact that they showed up by accident. He, he understands, oh, it's time to fulfill this prophecy. She's down there somewhere. I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll find her. But right. but prior to Becca coming in and saying, I made a mistake, he, he she's nowhere in his mind.
1: Well, even if she is, I think that he really does believe that she's like everybody else that he knew from that previous life. She's long gone. Yeah. And it's not until they drop in the system... And then he starts getting all the flashbacks and he starts getting the feels and he's like, okay, I'm here for a reason. And then that's when, as you say, he says to himself, she must still be down there.
0: Right. Okay. Okay.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. I still don't know if he knows who she was though. (laughs) When, when they first see her on the, the Uh, the the cell cell cam. Yeah yeah in the prison and they say we have to go find this girl i still don't know if he knew who she was at the time i don't think he really understood until the the mind meld
0: right yeah because at that point it, it did seem like he knew where this was headed after the mind meld yeah okay all right
1: um so well, I mean, oh, no, no, nope, that doesn't satisfy me either. Because then we're saying he's smart at times and stupid at times, when it's convenient.
0: Yeah. Okay, we can get more into this as we discuss our feelings on the episode. I think. Okay. 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 So so let's pivot off of what we've learned about the universe and whatnot, and our characters. Mm-hmm. We we've, we've discussed that. Unless well, you have we're something. We're missing else a character.
1: We're missing a character, that I think we should probably at least mention. Okay somebody who now has first billing in the opening title sequence.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, he did show up. yeah, you're right. So, I mean,
1: yeah, it's I'm just gonna say I have a feeling we're going to be seeing Telemachus Rade again in
0: some future episodes <laughs> we, I I forget we've kind of had him along now for what two three episodes really. And even from, you know, season three, when uh, when we had the kind of the alternate version of Rade, you mm. know, so I, I forget now that, yeah, this is his his uh, his on board point.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, look, we've we've got a Nietzschean spot to fill. So who
0: better? There you go. Telemachus Rade, folks. Yeah. Part of our crew. Within. Someone that we already know, which I'm sure we'll probably get a chance to talk about him a bit, a bit more, particularly in this season. Well, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there wasn't really much to talk about other than just,
1: hey. He's here now. He, he's here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, Ryan, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, and, and before we get to closing thoughts on, on this episode and what we thought about our characters and whatnot, um, uh, I, I believe we do quote here now, don't we?
1: Yes. Yes, we do. So destiny is the promise I give to you. Hope, the part you play is trusting me to keep this promise. And That is from the prophetic tetraglyphs of Commonwealth Year ninety five seventy three.
0: The very tetraglyphs that we have just been speaking of prior.
1: Um, I I believe so. I don't okay. think there are any others. It
0: makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't catch the year in the episode. They did say, so bad yeah. on me for so- not remembering what they said. But
0: yeah. Mm -hmm. but it's right at like 300 years before the current time. So,
1: yeah. So, I mean, this, this could have been like Tetra from like a whole nother year before. I don't know.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They change every year. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, do you want to go first on this?
1: Okay. Uh, you know, okay. So destiny is the promise I give to you. Um, Okay. So you have this, this prophecy, which is saying, okay, this is the conduit of destiny, which is Dylan. Uh, All of these things that are destined to happen. According to the prophecy, there's no changing that, right? If it's destiny. Good point. But also hope the part you play in trusting me to keep this promise. So what is hope then really?
0: Well, it's central to a rebellion. Sorry. I'm... <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's only if it's a new hope though. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, this doesn't count. This is very, very old. Yeah. Um, This is kind of one of my pet peeves in language. It's like little, little things that don't really matter, but they bother me and people use the word hope incorrectly all the time. Say for example, I hope it doesn't rain tomorrow that is using it incorrectly because hope is hope is something that you look forward to because you are positive that it's going to happen. It's not something that's very like, well, this is what I am wishing to happen. Hope is something that you look forward to because you expect it right and you have to have a reason to expect it so i feel like this is kind of using that incorrectly in that same way because hope the part you play is trusting me to keep this promise so it's completely dependent on something else that you have no control over and no reason to really put your hope in something because it's just a promise of somebody who has in this very quote shown themselves as someone that's not necessarily trustworthy.
0: <laughs> well, and if we're applying it directly to the inter- interplay between Dylan and Ciara, Ciara lost hope. She lost hope years ago. Right. hmm. So yeah, it, it, it may be referring to Ciara hope the part that you play that would should be the part that she played, but she lost hope. But didn't she have reason to? Yeah, because it had been 307
1: years. Yeah, the thing that she is supposed to accept didn't happen. Yeah. And so, I mean, Dylan, uh, Dylan broke Dylan, his promise.
0: Dylan broke his promise. Yeah, he, he stopped thinking about her yeah so yeah uh, I mean it's trusting me to keep this promise he He, he left
1: in the event horizon of a black hole for 300 years yeah not his fault but again that's the fallacy too. is is putting hope in something that can't be guaranteed yeah
0: right right Uh, yeah so so what this highlights to me is this quote highlights to me the problem or the fallacy of prophecy without planning and not to say that there wasn't planning dylan obviously put some thought and planning in creating the security system around the the gul or whatever it was um there was some thought there but there was no there was no divine purpose <laughs> you know and so that, that highlights the fallacy of this prophecy coming together in the first place and being carried forward 300 years because the two parties that were most intimately involved in the fulfillment of that promise both parties either gave up hope or gave up trying Mm -hmm. (laughs) until you know an accident brings them together so who came up with this prophecy that's a really good question it, because he it, wrote it on the wall. Yeah, who? because this almost sounds like Dylan talking to Ciara. If, I, if, if you were to say who said this, I would read this, watch the episode. Then I would say that sounds like Dylan talking to Ciara.
1: Or to all the Cicada people. OK. I mean, yeah. aren't they all putting their hope in the fulfillment of this prophecy, which is based on Dylan?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point.
1: And why is it that Dylan has to be the conduit? Why does somebody have to be a conduit? Why can't they
0: just why couldn't he tell the people before he left, <laughs> yeah. hey, this is what you guys need to do? Hey, when the time's right, mm-hmm. here's the here's the here's the key code.
1: <laughs> Which when is the time right? I mean. yeah, th- Does she have to be grown? Is that part of the thing? What uh, is she not able to handle it when she was only seven
0: years old? Apparently it was right when Dylan showed up.
1: I think Dylan just gave himself entirely too much power in this whole thing.
0: Uh, There's there's gotta be a backup.
1: There's gotta be a backup plan. Yeah. I mean, granted, there was the war with the Nietzscheans. We didn't he didn't see that coming, so maybe all of his backup plans were dead.
0: Yeah, the the one thing about the plot of this story though is that the the kings of Petrius's line made certain that they built their fortress around this power source so that they could control access to it. And so that thwarted the Shikada, right? It, 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 am I understanding that correctly? Okay. Yeah. So, so there's your re there's your, your barrier to the Shikada releasing that power to the, the person at the proper time.
1: Okay. Well, when did that happen though?
0: Somewhere over the last 300 plus years.
1: Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I, that's just what I don't understand. Why can't Dylan just leave instructions with somebody? Yeah. <laughs> Why does he have to be the one to do it? Yeah. Why can't he just leave a force lance with somebody and say, when the time comes, just go in there, shoot here, 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 and then go stick it in the wall right <laughs> here? Stick it in wall. the wall.
0: Which, what was th- okay? Yeah.
1: I, yeah. And in case you need it, I also left an extra force lance. In the backside of the little pedestal, which I really did love that airlock sound when he opened it up. That, <laughs> yeah. So you know it's still fresh. That's oh, yeah. what you want in a good Force Lance. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just I'm not sure why it had to happen this way, other than to make an Andromeda episode that involved our characters, because otherwise it's just a story that happened 300 years ago. There you go. And, and that somebody else took care of, and now Dylan's not the big hero.
0: Yep, and now you have drilled it down to a single word that we can use probably to help sum up this episode. Which means we should move on from the quote. Thank you for for handling that. Uh, to our closing thoughts on this episode, uh, I'll I'll start us off here, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so my closing thoughts. Uh, and, and you said the word and I'm writing it down right now and I, I will go through my explanation and then I will come back to that one word. Um, yeah, we had, we had questions brought up in this episode. Why did Ciara live so long? We never really got an answer to it. We didn't really understand the nature of what Ciara was just that she was destined to deliver her people. And I guess that was supposed to be enough. Um, why, why did Dylan play the cards so close to his chest from the beginning? You know, I understand there's that element of mystery. But he didn't even do anything to kind of clue in the crew. I mean, Trance. Trance has time and time again proven herself to be a trustworthy, uh, valuable ally in situations like what Dylan was, knew he was walking into. And how much did he rely on Trance? for help and for guidance or to confide in. Well, he didn't talk to her at all. And, and and so it this just seemed like an odd play for Dylan to kind of arch his eyebrow and think, Oh, uh, maybe this is the time when I'm supposed to do all of this stuff. But the one word that I wrote down that you mentioned before, and, and, and this is the word that I used to describe this episode contrivance. You know, all of this, we're we're taking on this mystery. Uh, It seems like we're examining a mystery, but all along Dylan knows exactly how it's going to play out. And so in the end, there's no mystery at all. It's just an elaborate contrivance so that Dylan can be the center of the plot. And and for that reason, I I mean, this episode's an interesting diversion, but ultimately we really don't learn anything except that Dylan is all-knowing and all-powerful. And, and and so you know for that reason I'm you know I don't I don't particularly score this episode all that high, um, especially in comparison to you know what we got previously where we revisited an a, an old character, and so yeah I mean this was this one for me was just kind of eh, meh.
1: I said contrivance.
0: You may not have said it, but the way you were describing the episode, that is immediately the word that popped up into my mind of what you were saying. Oh, okay. So, because
1: I was going to, it doesn't sound like a word I would say.
0: Okay, fine. Uh, you didn't say it. You alluded to it. I said it. There okay. you
1: go. Yeah, one thing that you did mention too, though, is is that it was fun to step away, just kind of from the main story for a minute, and I feel like that's just what we did is we did step away, and you said maybe not as good as because of what we've just had, revisiting an old character. But we did revisit an old character. We've just never seen her before.
0: <laughs> yeah, well played. Yep.
1: Yeah, so we, we don't know her. We still don't know her. Yeah. Um. I think there's actually a lot of fun history and lore and world building to explore here. The problem is they didn't do it. Yeah. They just said, this is this because this, and she is this because this, it, we need these things to be in existence in order for our plot to happen.
0: It, it is that classic thing that we allude to. We're being told and not shown. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. So yeah, I, I don't like it when, when I'm left with a lot of questions and I don't know. Am I spoiled? Do I need to have all the answers spoon fed to me or do I need to be able to just sit back and think, well, okay, I bet this goal Rashawn thing is probably pluh because that's what I come up with. Yeah. I don't have any idea what this thing is. Ultimate Tesla battery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I saw this thing at Spencer gifts one time. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yes. I heartily agree with that sentiment. <laughs> But uh, had I known it was that powerful, I would have bought 10 of them. Sure. But I missed my chance. Yep. Um, but then again, I'm not Ciara and I can't merge with it. So I can never do. Uh, who is <laughs> Who is Ciara? What's her story? Why is she the way she is? Uh, I don't know. And we're never going to know. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I. if you just watched this episode and you don't take any notes, and you don't discuss it with another friend in front of microphones, (laughs) then I think it's just kind of a fun little
0: episode. It's an interesting diversion.
1: It can be. Yeah, but then when you start to break it down and start to peel away the layers, and you see that they don't... It doesn't quite add up. It doesn't make sense. And when did Dylan become such a a technical genius engineer that he can even outwit uh uh the guy who was hardly in this episode um Harper? No. Yes, Harper. Oh, okay. Thank you. Okay. He could he could hardly he 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 outwitted Harper on yeah. all this. He couldn't figure it out. Yeah.
0: And Harper can figure out anything. And and the jerk wasted Harper's jacket that was that was a total that was a i I can't use the word i want to use but that was a that was a bad move he didn't even say sorry no no how jerky is
1: that like we'll we'll swing by a drift i'll get you a new one any jacket you want harper (laughs) like that's what i wanted to hear yeah that's something we learned about dylan he does not care about other people's personal belongings exactly yeah
0: that is what we learned
1: for that reason I'm going to have to give this episode low marks. Disrespect for other people's personal property.
0: Brilliant. Excellent point, well made, beautifully presented. Thank, thank you, you. Yeah, thank you, Ryan.
1: I I enjoyed your points as well. Um but you know what I would also like to hear is other people's opinions on this episode, past episodes we've done, future episodes we will cover, and yes, we will cover.
0: Um, that we will. Either- and, I, and I'm just going to bring that up right now. Ryan and I have discussed it. Um, we, we, we have a schedule. Um, and, and so hopefully folks, uh, we will, we will be far more regular than we have been in the past couple of years, you know, maybe, well, more, longer than that. This, you realize Ryan, this show was supposed to be done in 2017.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, people that are just now finding this show and listening in 2024, are thinking what are they even talking about so we're going to let our 2024 listeners in on a little secret we we have been very um inconsistent intermittent yeah
0: okay yeah yeah Yeah. there you
1: go so um it's been a while since the last time we put together one of these uh podcasts so that is not our intention it's not that we don't care it's not that we don't enjoy it can you tell how much we enjoy this we just uh Hey, we're two married men with lives and
0: families and, and jobs. And in a pandemic. And in a, At, Yes. For for 2022 right. listeners, yes. We're in a yeah. pandemic. Pandi- Hopefully 2024. Right. Man, what a great year it's been so far. Let's it's, just put it, it that way. It has
1: been the best. Hey, do you remember that time that we got together with a whole bunch of
0: friends? I can't remember the last time that happened.
1: Oh, okay. So... <laughs> You know what? Hey, if you guys out there in listener land, if you have recently been able to get together with a whole bunch of friends post-pandemic or whatever, I don't care. Let us know about it. Hey, Ethan, how can somebody get a hold of us? Oh, they
0: can send us an email to drivebackthenightpodcast at gmail.com.
1: That's right. And you can also contact us or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We are using the handle at andromeda pod uh, both of those locations we're also on podbean actually we're not just on there that's our home we have uh, all of our episodes of drive back Tonight, night beginning with the very first one and all of our interviews with many of the people involved in the production and making of this wonderful series
0: yeah, and if you listen to us on Apple, uh, you can give us a, a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd certainly appreciate that. You can also do that for Spotify as well. Hey, remember when we used to be on iTunes when we first started this? That is so 2016.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you know what's not 2016? Something that's always relevant, and that's Doug. Doug who always gives us our opening quote at the beginning of each episode. We would like to give a good thanks to our big friend, Doug Anderson. We're an Age of Geek production, and we hope that you will join us here again next time when we look at the episode Machinery of the Mind.
0: Anyway, we are discussing Conduit to Destiny, and I've forgotten how we get into the furtherance of this show. (laughs) No, trivia. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.